iTunes presents Meet the Filmmaker at the Apple Store. We all know William Shakespeare, the most famous author of all time, writer of 37 plays, 154 sonnets, several epic poems, and why we are here today. But what if I told you, Shakespeare never wrote a single word. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest moderator, David Schwartz from the Museum of the Moving Image, and tonight's guests, director Roland Emmerich and writer John Orloff. So this is Roland Emmerich, who has directed, um, his films include Godzilla, Independence Day, one of the biggest box office uh, blockbusters of all time, The Day After Tomorrow, The Patriot. Uh, John Orloff, the writer, um, got an Emmy Award for his work on Band of Brothers, also wrote A Mighty Heart, the wonderful film about Daniel Pearl. And um, this is an... Let's sit down. <laughs> uh, this is an amazing piece of work. It's an incredibly um, rich film, action-packed, a lot of intrigue, politics, sex, conspiracy. Uh, tell us, but that doesn't come across through the title necessarily, Anonymous. So tell us a bit about what Anonymous is. Well, uh, Anonymous is a movie uh, which uh, there are actually people fighting over who will be the next king. And in the course of that fight, you know, we learn how it came to be that the, the wrong man was credited for the place. Right. So um, that's quite a packed statement that you just made. The wrong, that the wrong man, uh, so William Shakespeare was not William Shakespeare in, in a sense. So, um, and I guess, John, you, this has been your... I, I don't know if I should call it an, an obsession, but you've been working on this t subject for about 20 years. Can you tell us about your interest in this? Yeah, I first became interested in the Shakespeare authorship issue 20 years ago, um, and uh, I'd never heard of it before. And uh, I thought, why haven't I heard about this? And I uh, started to do more and more research. And the more research I, I did, the more intriguing I found it. And uh, I, I just had to write a movie about it. Right. So you are, are you both convinced that the person who is supposedly William Shakespeare, or William Shakespeare did not write 
Shakespeare. Let's just sort of get to that first. Um, so who, who wrote Shakespeare's plays? Well, I, I, <laughs> the easiest answer is yeah. we don't know. Right. Um, uh, the more complicated answer is I, I am an Oxfordian. I, I think that Edward de Vere, the 17th Earl of Oxford, uh, wrote the plays that we attribute to William Shakespeare. Okay. And um, that's what the movie is partially about. Okay. Right. You say that's what it's partially about, and it's about so much more. So it's about um, the, the reign of Queen Elizabeth and, and who's going to succeed her. So what, what is, um, how did it come about that you felt that you could take this subject and turn it into a kind of a gripping and exciting movie? Well, it's like uh, I was introduced to the subject matter through his script, so, which at that time was called Soul of the Age. Right. And then we actually very extensively for two, three years so worked on it so, and, you know, try to make it uh, more complex and better. And, uh, and I always like thought through all this time, this is just a story which uh, has to be told mm -hmm. uh, because uh, it, uh, you know, uh, it has all the, the, there's a lot of things, you know, which in this movie, you know, you will learn uh, is different from what you believe. Okay. So could you tell us a bit about your approach to, to um, creating drama and dealing with history? Um, you sort of cre you know, create some things in the film that didn't really happen, perhaps, but a lot of, a lot of the film is based on fact and based on, on well, solid research. So what was your approach? Anytime you make a, a film that's based on nonfiction material, you have to deal with the fact that you can't always present history in three acts with a beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. So you always have to sort of skirt how do you tell this story in a narrative that an audience is going to emotionally connect to. So there are little things in the movie that we had to stretch or compact or play with, um, but not much. Hmm. And, uh, and tell us a bit about this character, the Earl of Oxford, um, who's played in a really an amazing performance by Reese Sifons. Um, you know, tell us about his relationship to the court and, and why you think that he wrote the plays. You want to? All right. <laughs> um, uh, this man, Edward de Vere, the 17th Earl of Oxford, would be a fascinating subject for a movie, whether he wrote these plays or not. He just led this amazing life. He was a courtier. He was an earl, obviously. When, when he was young, he was one of the richest men in England. He had inherited one of the oldest earldoms in the land. And when he died, he was not quite a pauper, but he was quite poor. He'd spent all of his money, but he'd had this amazing adventure of a life. And... Um, he was, he was a playwright. We know that for a fact. We know for a fact that he wrote his plays anonymously. Um, but he was a courtier. He was probably a lover of Elizabeth. Um, and he was an intimate at all the, the happenings behind the scenes in uh, Elizabethan England. Yeah. Also, he uh, extensively traveled you know, to Europe and especially to Italy, which explains you know, what, why he is like such a... Uh, you know, important candidate in the authorship question because he had all the knowledge. Whereas uh, Shakespeare himself never traveled. I well, mean, like, you know, we don't know that, yeah. but there's nothing. Uh, uh, also, it was like, you know, not very common that, you know, commoners traveled, you know, only as servants. And uh, there was, uh, there is uh, no, no, uh, there's no evidence of that because if he would have traveled as a servant, uh, we would know because uh, earls at that time, they had, uh, you know, naturally, they had uh, by. Uh, quite big entourages and they were always accounted for uh, and uh, 13 or 12 or 13 uh, of uh, William Shakespeare's plays are take place in Italy yeah it seems like a lot of the, the the pleasure for you 
in making this film is creating this world, this Elizabethan world in London uh, of this time period. And you've worked on a very big scale in other films. Could you talk a bit about making the world of this film? Well, you know, uh, from the very beginning, you know, I had a very uh, clear idea that London is a big part of the film and, and, and in a way a character. So uh, I made several, att I made an attempt before, you know, to make this movie, but we stopped again because the movie just got too expensive. And, and these kind of movies, they have to have a certain budget, you know, because they have a very, uh, they have more limited audience than, than my other movies. So I knew I have to make this movie for less money. So uh, when I was shooting 2012 and I shot the whole world, you know, on, <laughs> on sound stages in Vancouver, I had all of a sudden this idea. Uh, that maybe we can do this also with my Shakespeare film. And uh, so a lot of um, what you see in the film is actually done in front of blue screen, and we created the backgrounds, the, the streets and the city, wide shots uh, in the computer. So in a way, it's, uh, for me, the first film where actually visual effects helped, you know, to make the movie, like, in a, in a way, bigger, but also cheaper, yeah. which is, uh, sounds like a paradox, but it isn't. There's, there's um, such a sense in this movie that theater is just such an important part of, of real life. You know, uh, so many people, different levels of society are invested in, in theater. Can you talk about that aspect of it? Well, it was. It was yeah. uh, the time when theater was invented, uh, at least in that form. You know, there's, uh, there was... Uh, 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 there was influences from uh, Comedia dell'arte, but uh, Comedia dell'arte was always performed most of the time on the street and stages. And uh, in England, you know, maybe because the weather was bad, they kind of built these playhouses and, uh, yeah. and they cropped out everywhere. And there were quite a number of them and they were hugely successful. But they were also like dangerous for the people then, or for the, for the, for the people who r ran. Uh, England then, which was mainly the Privy Council, uh, and these, uh, and they were so, um, uh, they like used censorship, you know, so everybody who had wanted to put on a play had to go, had to pass censorship, but these writers were very devious in a way, you know, they used, you know, all kinds of other me means to pass and circumvent the censorship to get like the message across and uh, that's also what our movie is about how they did that and 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 theaters were constantly shut down you know because uh, sometimes because of the plague but also sometimes for political reasons and yeah. uh, and and writers were arrested at that time when they did something which uh, was not you know uh the core with uh, the 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 people who ran the state it feels like a very relevant film. I, I, my, you know, every every time we open the newspaper, there's uh, rebellions going on all over the world. You know, from Wall Street here to middle, you know, Middle East, all over the place. So it, it felt watching the film when I saw it yesterday that it's it's very contemporary. Well, you know, they they were talking about it, Egypt and the Facebook revolution. Uh, well, there was no Facebook, but there was theater. So theater was the Facebook of you know the yeah. 16th century. It was how you could communicate to a wider audience. I mean, that was yeah. it. There were no newspapers. Yeah. There, it was just yeah. the theater. But yeah. as Roland was saying, you couldn't just say what you wanted to say. It had to be in metaphor. It had to be in symbolism. Otherwise, you could get your hand cut off. That happened yeah. to writers. If they got pissed off at you, they cut your hand off so you'd <laughs> never write again. Um, what was it like getting the film made? I mean, because you, 
you know, if maybe if you just, it's sort of a literary subject. Um, was it a hard film to get made because it was a period film? Or uh, um, I mean, uh, these uh, movies in generally are hard to get made, uh, and especially for me because I'm famous for other stuff. Uh, uh, so uh, in a way, you had I had to really put my foot down, you know, to get it made, yeah. and I had to very persistent, you know, and. Uh, and, but I'm, I'm glad I did it because uh, this is a movie that's very dear to my heart. I, I wonder if you could talk a bit about your approach to directing. It's kind of a, a big question, but you sort of move very um, nicely between big, big scale action scenes where the action is always very clear and, and um, you, know, you have a great touch with that, but they're very intimate moments in the film. There's a lot of, a lot of the strong moments in the film are close ups. Um, so you. you could you talk about maybe your well, work with it's actors? Like, yeah. I, I think, I think uh, I, first of all, I love actors. And I think only when you love actors, you, you can really direct them well. I, I really believe that. And uh, so, so for me, it was like already uh, a great accomplishment that we could like assemble a cast like that. You know? Because there was a lot of like, characters in this film. And it was like a real ensemble. And, and an ensemble means always they have to work as a group. Yeah. And uh, whatever you do, you know, you have to, um, you know, you have to, uh, you always have to know when wh whatever or whoever is in the film, if you cannot kind of buy into the character, you will not ever buy into the story or in the visual effects. Right. Now, and of course you knew that you were being a bit um, provocative maybe with, with, with your approach to the subject. Um, so were there... Uh, did that come into play at all when you were making the film, that there were people who were just, um, I guess they're called the Stratfordians, the people who just um, will not buy your take on Shakespeare? Uh, yeah, you know, people, uh, Winston Churchill, when, when, when somebody asked Winston Churchill whether he thought, you know, Oxford, the Earl of Oxford wrote the plays, he famously said he didn't like his myths tampered with. Right. Um, and a lot of people feel the same way. You know, they're very, very upset by challenging this sort of, um, this bard that we all worship so dearly. Yeah. Okay, well, let's take some questions. If uh, people in the audience have questions, we have a... We have a microphone, so just raise your... Oh, right here in the back, all the way over here. Um, well, this question is for Roland. Uh, when you direct, do you have any rules, like, say, that you... Uh, Say rules for yourself when you direct, like maybe three things that you make sure that you do for yourself when you direct. Like, wow, um, do I have rules? Uh, uh, the first rule is uh, I go early to bed because you have to get up really early in the morning. Uh, the second rule is uh, I really believe in uh, uh, running a very friendly, warm set. You know, I don't think uh, any great art is like born out of fear. Uh, so, so the more you know, the people enjoy working on a film. I think the better it gets. Uh, and maybe the the third rule would be for me: uh, whatever you do, you have to kind of be courageous and not be afraid of too many things. Because when you're afraid, you only like kind of put a scissor in your head. So I'm always like for the, for the, I can, uh, I, that's also what made me take on the subject matter and such a different movie for me because uh, I said like, I said to myself, uh, why not? You know, why not uh, making this movie? Because I think it's important. Yes, it will be uh, controversial. Yes, it will 
uh, piss a lot of people off. But uh, if I would not make it, I would also feel, you know, I have lost in a way. So because I so strongly believe in uh, the subject and everything. So it's courage, I think, is the, the right words. It'll probably turn people on to the plays. I mean, it might um, qu make people question who wrote them, but it'll get people... Going well, back to the well place, we have right? that a lot, you know, uh, this effect that people come out of the film and they say to me, wow, Roland, I really want to watch uh, now or read uh, some Shakespeare plays. And, and what happens is if you reread the plays thinking that some other person wrote them, it's interesting, your relationship changes to the plays. Because when you think William Shakespeare wrote the plays, you sort of have to say, well, these plays have nothing to do with his life. They're just sort of acts of genius that came out of the thin air. And you kind of read them that way. But if this other person wrote the plays and you know a little bit about his biography and you're suddenly reading Hamlet, you're going, oh my God, that, that happens in Hamlet. Wait a minute, this happened in his life? And you see this over and over and over. And it becomes a very different experience. It now has a heart and soul, a humanity that it didn't have before. It's quite fun reading the plays yeah. as though Oxford wrote them. Yeah. Uh, when you talk about your research, what were the primary literary sources from which you drew? Well, a lot. Um, I mean, well, there was no primary. You know, I started with a book by Charlton Ogburn, Uh, called The Mysterious William Shakespeare, which was published in the late 80s and was really what sort of was brought Oxford back to the fore as a possible uh, author. Um, but then there were a whole bunch of other books that I read um, also about Oxford and, and then also about just Elizabethan England and stagecraft and, and all the different characters that, that appear in the movie. Um, so it was a myriad of, of source material. There was a great piece by Mark Twain about the subject, right? Yeah, the, the last book Mark Twain ever wrote was why he, Mark Twain, or Sam Clemens, was convinced Shakespeare didn't write the plays. Not a lot of people know that, that he, he wrote an entire book about the subject. Um, it's, it's very fascinating. I mean, you, you have to remember, the reason there is a, a question who wrote the plays is because there is no evidence that Shakespeare wrote the plays. We don't have a single piece of paper ever written in Shakespeare's hand. Nothing has ever been found. A document, a letter, a manuscript, a poem, nothing. If we had any of those things, there would be no movie, because then we'd be sure that Shakespeare wrote the plays. But there isn't anything, and that's created... 200 years of questions of how did this man who had no education or little education, who had never been to court or, or, or certainly didn't grow up in that world, how did he write these things that are chock full of imagery of court and falconry and tennis and lawn bowling? And as Roland said, Italy. You know, 14 of the plays are set in Italy, but Shakespeare never went to Italy. More than a third of his plays take place there. Why? We have another question right here in the middle. Well, um, this would go to both gentlemen, the writer and the director. And I want to first uh, premise uh, my remark um, with this young man in the front row, Thomas. And we were discussing this. And um, I, we can answer your question. Why a Steve Jobs an absolute genius. How? Why? Well, And you can go down the line, Thomas Edison, 
pure genius. Genius has always been. Mozart genius. I mean, that's a very weak argument, I think. Now, the other, the more important thing is um, uh, I would like some inside info from both gentlemen. Uh, I know actors uh, work for money, basically. But did you feel you have quite a few Shakespearean actors? I haven't seen your film, but you have quite a few in the film. Did you feel any under eruptions uh, with the actors about how they felt about your theory and what they've always believed? Well, uh, the, the last question first, uh, and then the other question he should answer. Uh, actually, Vanessa Redgrave uh, is, believes the same what we believe, that uh, the man from Stratford didn't wrote it. Uh, there's several actors in there, uh, Mark Rylands, uh, 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 Derek Jacoby, who went as far as uh, releasing eight years ago a uh, manifesto of reasonable doubt, pretty much which is like the Bible of uh, lately of uh, the authorship uh, uh, group. And uh, so uh, I think uh, most actors uh, who worked on this film uh, totally... Uh, agreed with us uh, that this theory has merits and uh, this story should be told. There's also like a whole other side to this, especially actors can very well relate to this question, who wrote Shakespeare, because they want to, as, as, uh, as John earlier told us, they want to know more about the place. I had, for example, a very interesting uh, uh, conversation, uh, I, I won't point, you know, of uh, Jutel Etchefor, who uh, is an English actor who uh, famously played Othello in the London stage. And when I told him about, you know, uh, what movie I'm making, you know, he was immediately interested and said, this is so great that you're doing that, because especially for actors, we're very unsatisfied with the image, you know, the literary establishment gives us of the bard. This man who supposedly have been uh, a genius, but a genius cannot find all these little details I found about Otello. He cannot like know all these things because genius comes from what you know. And yes, and you maybe know it better and you know it faster and you can maybe combine it uh, faster, but genius is like something which uh, is a very careful word uh, to use in, in, that, uh, in that connection. Just to add, you know, genius needs seeds. You know, it has to come from somewhere. Even Mozart had to learn the musical notes in order to... He didn't have to learn. Um, uh, and and the, one of the problems with Shakespeare is just uh, the lack of education uh, and, and the lack... It's, it's not about whether he was a genius or not. I agree that the, the man who wrote the plays is a genius. The question is, is, is where, where did... Where was the source of that genius? Art comes from life. It, it's not quite the same as Thomas Edison or Steve Jobs. I think art is a little different than science. Yes, they're related, but I think they're different. And I, I think that, that art draws from something. It doesn't just draw from, quote, genius. It draws from life. It draws from experience. That's what you draw upon to create using that genius. Now, obviously, you disagree with me. And, and that's, that's certainly you're right, and you are... Welcome to it. But I feel that art comes from experience. 
We have time for two more questions, one of which we have right over here on the end. Hi, how you doing? Nice to meet you guys. Mm-hmm. Hey, I have a question. Separately, you actually are, th- this film was actually two of my favorite subjects. Um, Shakespeare and Queen Elizabeth. And I've, I've watched, you know, secretly watched every film about both, sub- both characters. I'm just interested in how you crafted your characters and compared to any other film. Well, um, they're both very different than, than what you've seen in, in any other film. Um, we, we wouldn't want to show you the same, the same characters. We show Elizabeth, uh, particularly with Vanessa, at the very, very end of her reign, where we would posit that she was very vulnerable, she was old, um, not well, and easily manipulated. And that's a very different Elizabeth than we're used to, that sort of alpha female who is in total command of everything. And then our Shakespeare is sort of an actor um, and maybe not the brightest bulb on the the tree, Uh, very ambitious, uh, very aggressive, um, uh, is sort of a movie star of his time. Um, But it's nothing like any Shakespeare you've seen before. And our final question comes from right here in the third row. Hi, yeah. Um, Just seems like from both of you guys, you both have passion to make this film, overcame some hurdles, it seems like, did a lot of research, um, and both seem to have come to the same conclusion as to who wrote. But in all of that agreeing and all of that, you know, teamwork, was there any compromises where you guys disagreed? And if you guys could speak to how the writing met the creative and and those sort of ideas where you guys maybe sort of had to compromise a little on on your ideas. Well, there was a moment, you know, when I I, uh, was introduced to the subject matter through his first script, which was called Soul of the Age. Uh, And then we started working on the script and I read uh, a couple of books, you know, which when he originally wrote uh, uh, the script was were not available because they were not written yet. And and I found, you know, uh, some Oxfordian um, theories, which uh, I uh, felt were needed for the film. And at, the, at first, you know, I think there was a lot of discussion going on, should we go that far, you know, in, uh, with these theories? Because they're not like mainstream theories. They're, they're just, uh, there were two writers who, uh, who, who claimed there is proof that uh, actually uh, uh, the Earl of Oxford and Elizabeth, uh, you know, uh, had a child. And that is, that uh, goes that's called the Prince Tudor theory. And when I heard that, uh, for me, that was like the key to our rewrite, what we uh, wanted to do. But I would have never done it, you know, uh, when he would have not agreed on it. So, but there was like some discussions. Uh, I remember in my kitchen, uh, uh, there was a lot of uh, uh, wine was uh, drunk. <laughs> and uh, I drank him under the table. And, uh, and here I we said go. yes. <laughs> <laughs> drunkenly, drunkenly. But, but no, actually, he didn't have to get me drunk because when we started to talk about it, and I did have a moment of, wait a minute, what? And, um, but then I first thought, wow, that's great drama. If, if, if we can work it into the script, um, it turns the movie into a Shakespearean drama. Uh, and I, I fell in love with the idea. So it, it, actually, I have to say, working with the script with Roland 
we kind of always, once we got hit that hurdle, we always saw the same movie in our heads. And it was just about execution and, and how to, because it was a complicated movie in our heads, how to get that complicated movie onto the, onto the paper that he could then go make. And that was, that was the hardest process. We never really disagreed about what the movie should be. It, nor, nor how to get there. It was just getting there was hard because it's a very intricate, complicated movie in a good way, in, in a rich way. But, but it's a very hard piece to write, as, as hopefully you'll see when you see the movie. And, a lot of characters. Yeah. And do you believe that he really wrote the script? Yes, absolutely. I have proof. He was in my kitchen okay. typing. Okay, so we'll put that to rest. And we have yeah. handwritten notes. Okay. That's right. That's John right. That's okay. right. Well, you both did a great job. Um, so it's a really entertaining, fascinating movie. So congratulations yeah. on Thank it. You. Thank you very much. Thank you again. The film is Anonymous. You can see it soon everywhere. We hope you enjoy your weekend. I hope you see Anonymous. I'm going to check it out. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Have the best weekend ever.